today we are going to be talking about contentment, and we're going to be reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. So if you have your Bible with you, you can go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and we will read the word together. This is what Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are here with us, God. I pray that each and every single person here in person, watching online, God, that we will allow you to speak to our hearts today, God. Let us not be so focused on the words that come out of the mouth of the pastor that's preaching, but let us be more focused on the words that are coming into our heart from you, God. And so, Lord, be with us today. I pray that you will speak to those that are hungry. You will speak to those that are hurting, God, and ultimately you will drive us towards relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. If you forgot what we just read, I'll read it again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. All of us, no matter where you're at in relationship with the Lord, have a hunger that is deep down a part of who you are. Every person has a hunger has a drive, has a motivator, and we're all searching for uh, a purpose or whatever it is. There's so many people that aren't a part of the church, they don't know Jesus, but when you talk to them and you go deep down, everything that they do, every action they have, every relationship they have, they're trying uh, to, to, to drive their hunger. They're trying to satisfy their life. And, and all of us have this hunger, this thirst that is so strong and it drives who we are. When we have that hunger in our life and we try to fill it, uh, we make a decision on how we're going to fill that hunger, how we're going to allow that hunger to drive us and, and how we are going to find satisfaction for that hunger. So the Bible's clear that, that all of us are hungry, but being content is difficult. Finding satisfaction for that hunger can be difficult. And that's why our world is so broken. We are, we are hurting because we're trying to find the satisfaction for the hunger that's in our souls, but we're looking often in the wrong places. So looking back on your life right now, would you say that you feel satisfied? Or would you say that there's something missing in your heart? There's something uh, that's not quite right in your life and you're trying to find how to be content. You're trying to find the satisfaction to fill that hunger. Well, today we're going to read about where we can find the satisfaction for that hunger. There's an answer in scripture for us today and we are going to discover that together. Oftentimes, even if you're in this room and you say, I, I don't really feel a hunger. I'm not that spiritually hungry. Oftentimes, uh, people will express that by saying, uh, I'm bored. I want something new in life. Or they're saying that my life just feels empty or something is missing. These are all signs that there is a hunger. There's something in your life that doesn't feel quite right. And the Bible teaches us, we're going we're gonna to go through this today, the Bible teaches us that we will not find satisfaction for the hunger in our life through pleasure, through performance, or through possessions. And so these are all ways that we try to find satisfaction and, and we try to fill that void that, that is in our life, that hunger that we have, that's what we try and fill it with. We try and fill it with pleasure performance or possessions. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse eight says this. It says, no matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. 
No matter how much we hear, we are not content. And so today, before we get into what will satisfy us, I, I want to be very clear what won't satisfy us. Finding pleasure in life or just seeking things that make us feel good will not give us lasting satisfaction. The Bible's very clear, no matter how much we see, no matter how much we hear, no matter what we consume, that doesn't satisfy the innate hunger that is within us, that, that is a desire that is within us. And so, uh, so often we have people that fill their lives with pleasure. I enjoy oftentimes, I, I'm, a, I'm a quality time person and I like spending time with people. And so even with, with my wife, when we, when we go on a date, I want to go do something special. I want to go uh, do something we've never done before. And oftentimes I'm, I'm trying just to just seek that, that pleasure of, oh, this is something new. This is something exciting, right? But what happens when you run out of things that are new, when you run out of things that are exciting, that hunger is still there. And you're not going to find it in, in who you're married to. You're not going to find it in who you're dating. You're not going to find it in, in, in what you consume, whether it's alcohol or, or drugs, uh, relationships, one night stands, whatever it is. This hunger is something that just worldly pleasure will not satisfy. The Australian psychologist Viktor Frankl once said, those that don't know their purpose distract themselves with pleasure. And so many times we see people that are hurting and they're just trying to, to find pleasure to, to heal the pain or, or to feed the hunger that's within themselves. They don't feel like, like, like they're complete and they're trying to fill pleasure in that hole. And it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy because it only distracts them from what the real issue is. The Bible also teaches us that we will not find last, lasting satisfaction in performance so many of us are workaholics or we're driven on, on being perfect and, 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 and we want to be satisfied by our work. But the problem is that our worldly work, our worldly performance will not give us lasting satisfaction. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verses 21 through 23 says this, for any uh, person... They may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This woo is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving in which they labor under the sun? All their day's work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. It's a very uplifting part of scripture, I would say. But what... What the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to tell us is all of us try and focus on performance so often, but does it really satisfy us? I'm a person, I really enjoy working with my hands. I like building things. Uh, I like working in the yard. And, and I often get a little bit of satisfaction when you're able to, to work on a, on a Saturday afternoon in the yard and you're able to look back and, and you see, you know, the, the, the lawn is mowed and edge and everything looks good. And there's a little bit of satisfaction there. But then the grass keeps growing and, and I have to keep mowing the lawn. I have to keep working and I have to keep toiling. You know, there's a little bit of satisfaction, but it doesn't last. There's, there's a hunger in our life that needs to be satisfied. And it's not through pleasure. It's not through, for, uh, through performance. I knew a gentleman 
um, who uh, I used to work, he, he sells uh, interior like carpeting and, and blinds in the Tacoma area. And, and when I was young, I would, I would work in his warehouse and we would load big rolls of carpet onto, onto, um, onto trucks and send them out. And uh, I just got to know him. He was a small business owner. And he said that uh, in his mid-20s, he had a million dollars in the bank. I mean, he, he had worked himself to the bone being a great salesman. And he had a company car that was a Corvette and he was able to drive it around and, and, and he loved all the money and all the stuff that he had. But he eventually one day said, you know what, I'm tired because me and all my other salesmen, we're all on anxiety medication to deal with the amount of work that we're putting in. We're all, we're all not able to see our families, you know. Uh, who knows, you know, some of the salesmen that he was working with, their wives are seeking other relationships because, you know, he might be able to provide the money, but he's not able to provide a, a good relationship, right? And so, so many people have learned that just by being the best performer in the room really does not satisfy you. The Bible also teaches us that we won't find lasting satisfaction in possessions. Did you know that there are twice as many products on the market for us to buy today than there was 10 years ago? Twice as many things. But my question for you today is, are you twice as happy as you were 10 years ago? Is the world twice as better of a place as it was 10 years ago? No, because possessions, I love possessions, I love having stuff, but it doesn't satisfy the hunger that's deep down embedded into who we are. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 10 says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. If you're striving for, for possessions or for wealth to, to feed your hunger, I'm here to tell you there's always gonna be more money to have, to have. There's always gonna be more things to buy and it's not going to satisfy your hunger. I remember uh, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to the Seattle Boat Show, and we would get to walk in and see all these boats, and um, I was always so wowed as a little kid. My favorite thing was they would oftentimes have uh, all these yachts parked inside the Seattle Convention Center, and you could get on the yacht, and you could look, and I mean, it was just such a lavish lifestyle, and as a kid, I thought, man, if I could ever get a, an 80-plus foot yacht like this, I mean, this is just awesome, you know, and so all of a sudden, I just thought, I, I can't even imagine what life would be like if I could have this yacht. And that became kind of like my thing as a young, as a young kid. You know, I was about 10 years old and, and I just loved it. And so all the time, every year we went to the Seattle Boat Shows, the first thing I would do is I would, I would go and I would tour all these big yachts and it was always so fun. And I remember one year, uh, we got done touring this, this yacht and, and my dad and I got off the boat and we went up to, up the, the stairway and we were kind of just people watching uh, around the boat show. And we noticed that, uh, that all of a sudden the yacht that we were just on, people were walking onto it to tour it. And out of nowhere, all the salesmen kicked everybody off the boat. And that meant that there was somebody on the boat that was a legitimate buyer. And so they were going to start trying to close the deal, right? Because these salesmen, it's nice to give people tours on boats, but as soon as they think that they might have a paycheck, you know, all the tourists, they're off the boat, right? Everybody get off. We're just going to talk to this guy. And he starts, starts looking at the engine and everything. And my dad and I are looking, this guy might buy this boat. This is crazy. 
And one of the things is the guy's talking with the salesman and he has two sons that are, that are jumping on the couches of this yacht. They're, they're hanging from, you know, the doors and they're, they're just going crazy. And the salesman don't care because this guy's going to buy this boat. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother them. And so he gets off the boat with his kids and he walks up the stairs that we're standing. And uh, my dad looks at the guy and says, well, did you buy it? And the guy kind of realized we were watching what was happening. He says, yeah, I bought it. And uh, it was a, you know, million and a half dollar boat. And, and I just looked at him. And I, I didn't find any satisfaction in him. It was, it was just a purchase. And chances are he's going to go on that boat maybe a couple times a year, you know. But for me as a kid, that was my goal, right? That was my goal. And, and then I saw somebody that was actually able to attain that goal, but his life wasn't any better because of it. And all of a sudden I realized this hunger in my life as, as a kid who I want to be growing up, I'm not going to find satisfaction in what I have, Psalms 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, as a kid, I had a desire for a big old yacht. But I had to learn that if I sought God, if I realized that he's going to give me the desires of my heart, and it, it might not be a big old boat, but he's going to align my heart with his, and out of that, I'm going to find satisfaction, Right? So what does Jesus teach us about finding satisfaction? The Bible says we're all hungry, we're all thirsty, okay? But to find satisfaction, how do we do that? The Bible tells us first that we have to recognize our real hunger. And to recognize our real hunger, we have to realize that the hunger that you feel in your life, the void that is in your life, what is missing in your life is a spiritual hunger. See, what what that hole in your life is, is a, is a spiritual problem. And we are spiritual beings. God has created all of us with a soul that is meant to be in relationship with him. And so as we experience life here on earth, we all are going to have a hunger for the spiritual. We are all going to have that, that God-sized hole in our heart to be with him, and it has to be filled with him. And so to recognize our real hunger, we have to recognize that the hunger we feel is spiritual, and you can't fill a spiritual hunger with non-spiritual solutions, right? You can't fix a spiritual problem with earthly solutions. So if our hunger is spiritual, we have to try and recognize, okay, possessions isn't going to fix this. A relationship with another flawed human being, though it might be great, is not going to fix this, right? It has to be solved with God. So the Bible also instructs us that we should stop eating spiritual junk food to try and fill this spiritual void. So in the same way that we can't fill that spiritual problem. We can't fill that void with non-spiritual things. We also have to recognize, okay, what are we going to spend our time filling that hole with? Isaiah chapter 55, 2 says, why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? So all of us have a choice. Okay, we know that we have a spiritual hunger in our heart and we know that earthly things aren't going to satisfy that. So now we have to recognize what are we going to do to find that satisfaction? What are we going to do to build relationship with God? And all of us, friends, have 24 hours in a day. 
We all have the same amount of time in a day and we get to make decisions on what we spend time with. And so for so many of us, we need to learn that with our time, the way that we're spending it, is it really nourishing us? Is it really feeding us? Is it really, is it really giving us satisfaction that lasts? I remember when I was in college, um, I, I felt like I really needed to get a wife. And in order to do that, in order to do that, I needed to go to the gym. I had to go to the gym and I had to work out and I had to get big muscles so that I could get a wife, okay? And so what I tried to do was I tried to, I did a little bit of Googling. You know, everybody's a health expert with Google now and you can just kind of Google stuff. And I was like, how to get fit? And uh, I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to eat less and work out more and that should work. And so I, I, would, I would eat less and I would go to the gym and I'd work out and I'd work for a couple days. And then all of a sudden I'd come home for a weekend and my, my mom would cook a real nice dinner, and I realized, man, I've been starving all week. And, and I would gorge myself, right? And, and, and then I, I, all the progress I had made was gone. And I had to realize that it didn't work just to not eat as much, but you had to make decisions on what you were going to put in your body. Because you, I can go and I can be full after eating a Big Mac with large fries at, at McDonald's, but I'm just going to be hungry because there's no nourishment there. I think we all recognize that. You know, you, so I had to learn, okay, I get a choice on what I eat, what I put in my body. Is it going to nourish me? Is it going to last, right? And so all of us have to look at that and say, okay, we have a spiritual hunger in our life. We're trying to fill it with things, but we have to make decisions on, okay, is, is what I'm spending my time doing going to nourish me? Is it going to last or is it just a cheap thrill? It's going to give me satisfaction for a day or two, and then I'm going to be left feeling empty again. So we have to recognize that we can't fill that void with junk food. Pay attention to what we're putting in our lives. The Bible instructs us to start looking to Christ. John chapter 8, verse 35 and 51 says this. It says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And so Jesus is telling us, look, you're hungry, I'm the solution. I'm the bread of life. If you eat of me, you will find satisfaction. This is, this is what I'm telling you. And so Jesus is telling us that in order to satisfy our spiritual hunger, we have to get that satisfaction from him. And it's only through him that we find that satisfaction. He is the bread of life. When you are hungry, you don't just tell your stomach to go find food and feed itself, right? You have to get food and nourishment from an outside source. And, and for so many of us today, we hear people that, that, that speak on big stages and, and they're trying to tell you that you need to, you know, harness the power from within. And, and if you just find yourself, you know, then, then you'll find your meaning and all this stuff. But I'm here to tell you that the solution to the spiritual problem isn't within us. Because we've been separated from God. We live in a sinful world. We don't have the solution. The solution has to come from an outside source. And that outside source is Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're hungry, you feel like something's missing, I'm here to tell you, you have to start looking to Christ. You have to start finding that solution from Jesus himself. I'm going to welcome the worship team to come up as, as we conclude. But I want us to read again Matthew chapter 5, 
verse 6. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This word hunger here is a Greek word. It's pronounced penao. And penao describes hunger, but it also describes a strong desire. In fact, it's the same word used to describe how Jesus was hungry after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And I believe that he was more than hungry after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He, he had a strong desire. He was famished. He needed food, right? His body, I'm sure Jesus was fully man. And, and if you went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, you would be starving for nourishment. And so Jesus comes and, and he's hungry for food. And this describes the hunger that we should have for righteousness, we should say, Lord, you are the bread of life, and I can only find the satisfaction from you, and so therefore, I don't only want a piece of you, God. I don't only want a piece of your, your bread of life. I want the whole thing. God, I want you to satisfy every part of who I am. God, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking just for satisfaction for one night or one day or a week or a month. God, I need you to satisfy my life for as long as I'm here on this earth. So scripture tells us that being hungry, we're all hungry. There's always gonna be a hunger in our life because we're separated from God. But we have a decision to make on how we are going to fill that hunger. See, the, the scripture here says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. Not hunger and thirst for pleasure or possessions or wealth, but righteousness. This idea of righteousness, some, some translations say justice, is this idea of being right with God. And so in the Old Testament, when we read scripture and we talk about righteousness, God often told people that in order to be righteous, they had to fulfill the law. They had to do things and act a certain way in order to be right with God. But the good thing is that today we have Jesus who has died on the cross, who's fulfilled the law. He has said, you know what? There's nothing you can do to be perfect. There's nothing you can do. And so therefore I'm gonna die on the cross. My blood is gonna be shed to cover your sins for you. And so today when we read this scripture and it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's no longer hungering and thirsting to be perfect or to fulfill every commandment on the list. It's a hunger and a thirst for Jesus because he's already completed that for us. Our righteousness comes from him. It doesn't come from a set of rules found in the Old Testament. It says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. That's a promise. Jesus says, Everyone is hungry, but you have a decision on what you're gonna do with that hunger. Are you gonna allow that hunger to drive you towards God? Or are you gonna allow that hunger to drive you towards things that are just gonna distract you and take your mind off of it? And it's never really going to nourish or satisfy you. So what Jesus is, is truly telling us today, he says, hey, I recognize your hunger, but use that hunger to build a relationship with me. God has used some of the darkest, most desperate times in my life to drive me towards him, not away from him. And so we have a decision today. 
Are you going to allow this hunger to drive you towards Jesus or away from him? Because the scripture is clear, those that hunger and thirst for Jesus, they will be filled. But if your hunger doesn't drive you towards Jesus, you're not gonna find any satisfaction anywhere else. So let's pray today that we can recognize the hunger that's in our life and we could recognize as Jesus says this in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Let us come before him and say, God, I want all of you. I want you to satisfy my life like nothing else can. Everybody who's able, could we just stand in here and I'm, I'm gonna pray and, and we're gonna have a worship song and we'll conclude. But I want you to think about that. This idea that all of us have a hunger, but it's up to us what we're gonna do with that. Are we gonna build a relationship with Jesus? Are we gonna find nourishment in the right place? Or are we gonna continue to use that as a distraction to run from him? Because friends, that doesn't work. You have to find your satisfaction in Jesus and then you will be filled. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us, Lord. Righteousness is found in you and you alone. And there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can have. There's nothing that we can say or act that will correct the righteousness that we need to be seeking because it's only found in you. And Lord, I pray today, as you say that you are the bread of life, that you also give us the opportunity to partake of that bread to nourish our souls. And so Lord, I pray that each of us will find nourishment in you and then we will find the promise that you have promised us that we will be filled because we've reached out to you, Lord. God be with each and every single one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen.